You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hey, Emerald Podcast listeners. This is the Emerald's ASUO podcast. I am your podcast editor, Francisca Monahan. I'm here with our ASUO reporter, Tron Wen, and a very special guest, uh, Quinn Haga, our new ASUO president. And Tron is going to ask her some questions about her previous experience and what is next. Hi, everybody. This is Chuan Nguyen, the ASUO reporter. Um, uh, we have a really special guest indeed. Um, so Quinn is the new ASUO president. Today is your first day. How do you yes, feel? Yes, today is the first day. Um, it's really cool. It's very surreal. I, It's just uh, obviously a, a big moment, and it's really awesome because we just moved into the new EMU, so it's just kind of like everything is really coming together. Yeah. Um, so... Quinn is, um, this year, Quinn is ASU Senate Vice President. Mm -hmm. She also the Vice Chair of the Program Finance Committee. I'm the chair. Oh, you're a chair. Chair (laughs) of the Program Finance Committee, Vice President of the Senate. Right. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your uh, experience outside of ASUO at the university? Yeah, so um, outside of the ASUO, I'm involved in a few different things. I'm the development, one of the development coordinators for Camp Kesem. And so Camp Camp Kesem is a local nonprofit. It is a national organization, but then it exists at various universities, and they um, will have their own chapters. And so Camp Kesem has existed at the University of Oregon for about four years now, and we fundraise and train all year long to put on a week-long free camp for children whose lives have been affected by a parent's cancer. And so I'm in charge of coordinating um, various fundraising events on and off campus and then um, helping volunteers maintain their personal fundraising goals. And so this year our um, fundraising goal was $70,000 and we're almost there, so that's really exciting. Um, And then also I'm involved in the Environmental Leadership Program, which is actually through the Environmental Studies Department, but um, this is also something that um, is really important to me and something that has really been a big part of my life this year. So we develop curriculum for students who are in kindergarten and first grade and they go to Adams Elementary School and so we take them on field trips and do in-class lessons and um, the whole idea is just to to reconnect kids with the nature and reconnect them with their place and be connected with the natural um, you know aspect of Eugene and then I'm also on the Panhellenic Executive Council which is the governing council for all sororities and I'm the vice president of accountability for that. Wow. How do you juggle with all the (laughs) responsibility? I ask myself that question very often. (laughs) Um, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult. There's a lot going on kind of at all times, but I think the way that I manage to do it all is just because like these things are all very important to me. And so it's easy to work on them and to put a lot of time into all of them. And um, I just, I'm very, I'm extremely organized. I have really strong time management skills. So, you know, it works out. I try not to overload myself with, um, you know, school and extracurricular activities. So I always try to maintain a balance. And so if I know that I'm having a really, going to have a really, um, you know, stressful term in far, as far as like the PFC hearings in winter, mm-hmm. I'll make sure to take like a lighter class load. So I always try to plan ahead and just make sure that I give myself also time to breathe. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah. Um, so I know you're not an Oregon uh, native. Mm-hmm. Where are you from and why did you choose uh, University of Oregon? Yeah, so I'm from the Bay Area, like a lot of ducks. 
and I chose the University of Oregon. I actually committed to U of O in June, so I committed pretty late, and I had a really tough time deciding where I wanted to go to school. I had always thought that I would be able to go, like, across the country, but kind of when it came down to it, I freaked out a little bit. I'm really close with my family, and I have two little brothers, and so it was important for me to be as present in their lives as possible, you know, while going away to college, and so Oregon was kind of a good distance from home, and it had a lot of um, academic opportunities as far as majors and I actually um, I had heard about the environmental leadership program before I came here and so that was something that I was actually really interested in and just the University of Oregon being known for um, sustainability and being like a green school was something that was important to me. Mm-hmm. So this last term mm-hmm. your slate and with you all swept yes. the election yes. how do you feel about that <laughs> it's really awesome um it was really exciting and um you know shocking honestly because when there are three campaigns it is pretty rare that uh one campaign takes all of the seats but it's it's really amazing and i'm really proud of all of them and i'm really excited to see what they're going to accomplish this year i have really high hopes and really high expectations for everyone that we got elected and um, i'm excited to go to the first senate meeting tonight and see how all of them are to start so yeah it's really exciting that's very very exciting um so since last i guess last month mm-hmm. when you got elected um what has you accomplished um with the changes and So what have I accomplished? We have done, um, I've been in a lot of meetings, so it's kind of figuring out. So we have kind of our three main things that we're um, hoping to, you know, kind of start right off the bat, our tuition and fees transparency, figuring out how to institute uh, cultural competency training for students, faculty and staff. Um, and then figuring out a plan for bettering campus lighting. And so um, within these goals, I've been able to get in touch with a lot of different folks on campus who are working on these initiatives already. And so just figuring out how to collaborate in the future and how we can work on these issues together and create a sustainable plan, because obviously with turnover in the ASUO, it can be difficult to work so hard and try to accomplish things, but make sure that they are going to be everlasting after um, you know, your term. Right. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, the tuition transparency plan Mm -hmm. uh, coming up? Yes. So um, our plan is basically to create a resource, I would imagine, online for students where they can just understand much easier where their money is going and all these different fees. I don't know if you've ever looked at the document with all the fees, but it is very lengthy and complicated and confusing. And so you really have to dig in there to see where your money's going. And especially in light of the tuition increase, I think it's really important that students know exactly where their money is being spent. And so we would just like to create a student resource for um, them to access. Is this going to be a collaboration with the administration at all? Um, Well, I'm meeting with Jamie Moffitt, who um, deals with the finances for the university on the 8th. And so I'm going to talk to her about it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we're here to serve students. And so I think that our service should be made by students for students. Right. So with campus lightning, I Mm -hmm. am... I think there was a change in rules that um, now incidental fee can cover that. Can you talk a little bit about that? So the change in rule is that now the IFE can go to um, capital construction projects. So that used to not be a thing. I think it could go to over-realized fund projects, but that um, might be incorrect. But now it can go, you can use the regular IFE for capital construction. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, potentially we could fund um, campus lighting through the IFE, but I think at the end of the day, the 
financial burden should be placed on administration because I think, um, you know, student safety is a student right that I believe our institution should be providing for students. Sure. So um, how would you how would you go about working with administration to make sure that happened? So um, there is already a plan that they have been working on to fix campus lighting and to make it better. And so part of my meeting with Jamie Moffat is to go over what that plan is. I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to what the ideas are, but I definitely have done some research on, um, you know, various kinds of lighting. And so I definitely have some ideas and I would also like to see those, um, our campus to have more of the emergency poles because there are very few on campus. And I know at other large institutions such as UC Berkeley, if you're standing somewhere on campus, you should be able to see like three or five emergency poles from wherever you're standing. And so I think having more um, resources like that will definitely make students feel safer walking home alone on campus at nighttime. Okay. do we have a deadline on that plan with Jamie Moffat? I I would like to see it obviously start as soon as possible, but these kinds of things have to go through the contracting process and you have to find a um, construction company and all of that. So I think it could be something that is um, a little bit more lengthy, but, you know, I would like to see things start up next fall, but, you know, we'll see. Okay. Um so the other thing that is really big uh, this year during the le- the election mm-hmm. is DDS and SEFRI. Yes. <laughs> um, so is there a plan to merge these two services or mm-hmm. what is the plan for these? Yes. So as I said before, I would never force groups and programs to do things that they don't want to do. We've had a lot of, um, you know, students who are involved in the program say that they really would not want a DDS and Safe Ride merger, which is completely understandable because, you know, they have been operating as two very different services and they have their own identities. But I think at the end of the day, they are repetitive services. And so I would like to see more collaboration between the two. And they are doing that with things like the web app. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, you know, using more of those services together is really beneficial and um, will be good in the long term. But uh, my main priority is to increase those services just in general so that students have more access to uh, free and safe transportation. And so looking at ways using the IFE next year to increase those services is the main goal. Right. Is there any um, is there any way to increase DDS and Safe Ride right now? So the problem with DDS and Safe Ride right now and their budgets as they exist is that with being in PFC, being in the Programs Finance Committee, we work on a slow growth model. So really, we only are supposed to grow about five to ten percent every year. Um, And that is not enough for the demand that they are seeing. And so I think having moving them to a different finance committee, you know, having it maybe as a contracted service through ACFC or moving them to DFC as a department will allow them to grow faster. Well, you say you want uh, you want to see DDS and right to move to PFC. uh, I mean, DFC Um, potentially or potentially being a contract. It's all stuff that has to be, um, looked at deeper, obviously, but just finding a way to allow their budgets to be growing at a faster rate is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. So before you walk in here, you, um, Mm -hmm. you were talking to your dad about, um, what happened to SASTA, Mm -hmm. um, as a member of, um, FSL and now the ASU president, what are, 
what are your stand on this issue? Yeah. Um, so obviously there's like no way you could defend this. It's horrible. I don't commend these actions whatsoever. Um, it's obviously horrible that, um, you know, any human would do that to natural land, but it's obviously a really poor representation of our community, of the FSL community and the University of Oregon community as a whole. There are being, um, there are steps being taken to kind of remedy the situation. I know that there's a lot of fraternities that are going back there this weekend to do a cleanup. Um, From my understanding, folks have already gone back to do a cleanup, and then they're also setting up a fund to help um, pay for the costs that will incur from this damage. And so I think that those are obviously the right thing to do. And then um, as the ASO executive, next Tuesday at 4 p.m., we are having a panel and forum about how the FSL community can work more on our campus to be more sustainable and just promoting sustainability throughout the campus, I think, um, is going to be a really positive thing. And um, something that was missing on the the election this year was the accessibility ballot. Yes. Has she been working on that? And... um, or is it looking like right now? Yeah, so um, that was really unfortunate that didn't end up on the ballot, but we are looking into other means of, you know, achieving this goal. And so I think at the end of the day, um, we're looking at figuring out how to change language of the GTN through a different process that is not a ballot measure. And I'm sorry, um, but can you explain what an accessibility ballot, what was it about? Yeah, so the accessibility ballot measure was applying the principles of universal design to the ASUO as an institution, just making it more accessible place for folks who have physical um, or any disabilities. And so that um, was worked on by the Accessibility Student Union and um, also Jane, uh, Casey Edwards, who is the former director of staff, and then also Lisa Weiss, who was the accessibility advocate last year. And then I helped them kind of just um, facilitate the process and just, you know, guide them to how go about how to go about accomplishing the school. So, what are the challenges um, to change the language in the GTN for this ballot? The challenges. So, usually, the way to change the GTN is to have it on the ballot and to have students vote on it. But um, obviously that didn't happen this past spring. And so um, one option that was looked into was having another, a separate um, vote, but that's really expensive. And so we're probably just going to look into other options or obviously hopefully have it on the ballot for this spring. Okay. Um, So have you hired everybody on your executive yet? We have not hired everyone, but pretty much everyone will be hired by today or tomorrow. But we have a few folks who have been hired so far, yes. All right. Um, What is your number one priority uh, coming in as as your president? Um, Yeah, so I kind of went over like the top three goals that we have first, but I think my number one priority going in is just making sure that students know more about what the ASO is and what we do and what we're working on because I think that's something that just consistently over the years has kind of gotten lost in translation and I think students for the most part are kind of confused about what the ASO is and they only really hear about us during elections because something ridiculous is bound to happen and so I think just creating a more positive um, image for the ASO is definitely one of our main goals and we're trying to figure out how to just get the messaging out more having a stronger social media presence perhaps having a um, kind of like a newsletter to go out to students just to inform them about what the issues are 
um, happening on campus and what we're working on and how we are here to obviously serve them because without them, we would be nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have you talked to um, former SGO president Helena Slego lately and what do you learn from her? Yeah. Um, so we had two transition meetings. One was kind of with like me, Zach and Natalie, and then um, Helena, Claire and Casey. And so that meeting just was kind of going everything over everything like pretty broadly. And then I sat down individually with Helena just to kind of go over more specifics and just kind of learn her recommendations and like what she maybe had wished she'd done differently or you know best practices and um it was it was definitely really helpful and i appreciate all the information that she had to pass down on me because pass down to me because obviously who better to ask than the person who is currently holding the position yeah um also, I have a, this question about surplus. So you work uh, with PFC. You have mm-hmm. experience working at PFC and especially um, so student groups budget. Mm-hmm. And next year, surplus is going to be very small. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, um, I have talked to several senators and they, they predict that there's going to be um, an under-realized next, for next year. Mm-hmm. So um, surplus is not going to be as available for student groups anymore for next year what would your what would your recommendation for student group um who want to put on events or go to conferences next year yeah so there's kind of uh, a twofold answer i have for that so this past year in pfc we worked really hard to get student groups as much of as an of an increase as possible and um you know we had about a 12 percent increase which is really crazy and is a growth that PFC has not seen in many years. So I think for a lot of student groups, they will be set for some of the events that they're having consistently every year that are really integral to their um, to their programs and to their organizations. But obviously, there are always different things that come up and different conferences that people want to go to and that sort of thing. So I think this year, the ASUO can focus more on figuring out how to best assist groups on fundraising and figuring out, you know, best practices and tips and that whole sort of thing, because fundraising is super difficult. Um, I know firsthand fundraising for a nonprofit, it's not an easy thing. And so we would obviously love to be a resource for student programs in that regard. Is there anything else you want to add? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that about covers it. I'm really excited to get started, obviously, and I'll be here all summer working on things and having meetings and getting things started. So I think we're going to have a really strong start in the fall, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, great. So thank you, Tron, and thank you, Quinn. Again, this has been... um, the Emerald ASUO podcast. I'm Francisca Monahan, the podcast editor for The Emerald. We'll catch you next time.